possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Welcome to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz, presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage. I'll be your host for this podcast series. My guest today is Giselle Soleil Ayan, and she is the star of the national tour of Waitress. And that show will be coming to the Palace Theater in Waterbury, Connecticut on April 22nd and 23rd. It's Friday, April 22nd, one performance and two performances on April 23rd. If you want to get in touch with the Palace Theater's box office, you can do so to buy tickets. And that is palacetheaterct.org. And Palace Theater CT is one word. And just go to the homepage and there is a link to information about tickets for the show. So welcome to the program, Giselle. Thank you. I will say you were so close with my name. I yawn at the very end. <laughs> well, at some point during the interview, I'm just going to blurt out I own just to show you that that I can do it. OK, <laughs> Okay. now I understand this is your first national tour. Absolutely. Yes, this is my biggest gig so far in my career. And how did you get this biggest gig of your career? Well, uh, just like you get any other gig uh, as an actor, I uh, had submissions sent to me by my agent and I sent in some self tapes because this was still during, you know, this pandemic that we're in. And I sent in a couple, there were a couple rounds of self tapes. And then I did a, I got in a Zoom callback and then I got an in-person callback. And then I got a call from my agent saying that I booked the job, which was just mind blowing. Now, that's interesting because I would have thought by the time this tour was getting ready, the the Zoom interviews would have sort of been phased out. But so when when did this whole process start for you? This started around June. I think this was it was in May, June was when I was kind of starting it. And I think I got the call that I ended up booking it around in somewhere in the middle of July. Okay, so it actually was, I don't want to say lockdowns, but mask wearing and, and Zoom was really the way to, to uh, audition. So I'm assuming now, if you are going on eventually to your next project, that hopefully it'll be more in-person. Yeah, I think right now the industry is still doing initial stuff is all self-tape. And I think that's really helpful for most actors because then you're able to submit for things in other in states that you would not normally be able to do a, an in-person initial audition. But I, I think obviously callbacks and like final, final things, decision making, that's all in person still. So that seems to be what I'm I'm doing still. All, all the cast members, we're all taping our self-tapes uh, auditions. And, and then we try and if we need to go in, in person, we try and find a time to break away from the tour to go do that. You could say that if you're looking at not silver linings with the pandemic, but sort of how the models have been changing really for actors and actresses. That could be a plus, because like you said, if you're based in California and you're trying to book a gig in Indiana or Florida, you can't really go to a central booking location that you can just do it online. 
Yeah. I mean, normally it would be that actors have to drop a lot of money to try and fly to this, to an area to get, to do an initial callback that they don't know if they're going to, you know, get anything from. And, and so it is pretty helpful for actors now that you have just a wider variety of things that you can put yourself out for in this way. I've talked to casting directors who believe that, that we're not going to go back to what we were doing before that we're going to stick with these initial self tape auditions and that only it, uh, only callbacks will be in person. And I think it, it is going to be super beneficial to most actors. We are talking while you are currently in South Bend, Indiana, as you're winding your way, as it is a national tour before you get to the East Coast and Waterbury. So when when did the tour start? We started early October, I believe. Yes, we started. We were rehearsing in September and we opened early October. And, and where did you begin and where have you been so far? So many places. We've got, a very, <laughs> we've got a very, very fast, tight schedule. So we have moved very, very quickly. Uh, we started, we opened in, well, we rehearsed and we previewed in Springfield, Ohio. Then we officially opened in Bloomington, Indiana. And then we moved so many places. We were mostly on the East Coast. Then we went to the West Coast I think we did all of our West Coast, date, Coast dates already. So we're primarily just on the East Coast now and we'll finish up here as well. So we've been to so many places that I've never been. Uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee was a cool one. And we were just recently in Philadelphia. And uh, yeah, so so many places. And most of them I've never been to. As a, an actress in a national tour, that is fast moving. And you, know, you look at the Palace states, you're only here for not even the whole weekend, you're here Friday, Saturday, and then poof, you're gone. But in some of the cities where you might be able to stay a little longer, are you, are you getting out to, to play tourist or at least walk up and down a street? And so you can say, okay, been there. We're trying to, but we have so few places that we are there long enough. Philadelphia was, uh, we were there for a week. We were in St. Paul, Minnesota for a week and we were in Oh, Detroit, Michigan for a week. <laughs> I can't keep track of any of it. Uh, we were in Detroit for a week. So in those places, we do try and get out. But we also typically have, because that's our time to be settled, that's when we have rehearsals. So then we have rehearsals filling our day and then the show at night. So then even then we have less time to be able to explore. And then we're tired and exhausted. And so even the free time we do have, we're like, I don't want to move. But <laughs> we, we attempt uh, when we can and people try and go out to see a movie or, you know, the, the little things that try and make us feel like a human being. <laughs> so this is your first national tour. What's it been like? It's been crazy. I had no idea what to expect going in. And so every single thing was was new and unexpected. It's very exhausting, specifically in this role where in the in the two hours and 40 minutes of a show that we are doing, I maybe have five minutes total off stage. So I am run to the bone for, for the most part, especially when we're coming into a time we're doing like nine one-nighters in a row, I think. And that's just travel bus night show, travel on the bus in the morning night show, travel on the bus in the morning night show. And so there's just really like no downtime or anything like that. But also it's been amazing to be able to touch so many people around the country that have either never seen the show or have, have you know, who are very familiar with the music, but have never seen the show or have seen the show 50 times and are super happy to see it in their hometown. Or those are all really cool things. I, I think that's my favorite part of touring is the different, so many different lives that I get to touch. And you have the Sarah Bareilles score. How is it singing those songs? 
at first was very daunting. It's, you know, it's such an icon and her music is so good. So I was very, very nervous starting out because so many big names have done this show, have sing- sung these songs. But now I've been playing it long enough and I've got such wonderful reactions from audience members that it really does feel like my own now. And her music is a joy to sing every single night. Everything is super intentional. You can just, you, you can hear and feel the craft and the artistry that she put into this and how much of a labor of, of love it was. And so it's that feeling to sing it every night. It's amazing. So besides singing those amazing songs, what else do you like about the show itself? The characters are so human. And I think that's one of the reasons why people keep coming back to it uh, over and over again. You know, our, our waitress crazy fans are frequent pyres, the people who have come to see the show so many times and they never get sick of it. And, and there's a reason these, these people are so easy to connect with. And the connections that they have, the friendships that they have are so honest and authentic. And so I I love to be able to connect with my cast members like that every night. It's really, really fun to just laugh and to be, you know, to, to be able to bring so much of ourselves to these characters makes connecting with each other on stage much, much easier. Now, what, what is your background as far as schooling? I went to, well, for the, I went to two different universities. I originally was going to major in speech pathology and uh, then through a journey of self-discovery and, you know, figuring it all out, I decided that I was going to pursue this for a career. And I've sung always my whole life. I had sung, I have kind of a musical family, not necessarily like they're professionals, but just, we, we just are, are a musical family, but I never thought I could do it as a career. And so it took, it took some, some time. So I went to a, a university for two years and then I transferred to Cal State Fullerton where I planned on getting a BFA in musical theater at that school. And then I, I decided to really look into the program. I did a year of prerequisite there to, to end up auditioning for the program. And at the end of that year decided that I was not going to audition. And so then I graduated early with a BA in theater arts, which is not like, I I didn't do the BFA thing. I didn't, I personally think I don't have much training at all. So for anyone who thinks you have to go to a certain school or you even have to have to get a degree, you know, have to get a BFA in this, that's not necessarily true. Everyone has their own path and everyone learns in different ways and everything, everyone is going to get different things out of, you know, so I just decided that that BFA program was not for me and, and I didn't do it, but you know, that's not an end all be all, you know, make or break for a career. But I just knew that like, I, I was going to be better learning on the job, learning in my own environments, like taking my own outside dance classes and, you know, finding my own vocal coaches and, you know, things like that, where I didn't need to, to do the specific training at this specific program, which I figured, which I found realized was not going to be right for me. So it's, it's not that you stop learning. It's not that, okay, I'm not going to get this in school and I don't need to train and I don't need to learn. It's that I decided I was going to learn in a much different way. And that, that was better for me. My background is in higher education. And I always like to hear these type of stories, talk about these type of stories that there is no one path. Yes. And, you know, here you are starting out as a speech pathologist, but, you know, here you are going in one direction and then thinking things through and deciding a certain pathway. But then even that pathway, there was a different route to it. 
And I think sometimes students don't think like that, whether you're going to be an actress, you're going to be a doctor or whatever, that, you know, you really have to sort of think what you want to do and what is best for you. Well, and we're trained to, we're supposed to at 17 and 18, know exactly what we want to do for the rest of our lives. And, you know, switching majors or transferring schools has kind of a stigma on it that you, you know, you wasted time that you didn't, you know, you didn't have it right that you, I had all these things going through my head that I, I wasted these two years or I, I'm quitting this school. I, I learned, you know, I, I grew up, I was taught you finish what you started so that it felt like I'm not finishing what I started. It was all this stuff going through my head. But I would like that stigma to go away eventually, right? To teach people that like, it is not, you just graduate, you you graduate from high school, you pick your degree, you go to a four-year school and you finish that school. That's not it. You know, a lot of people do the community college route and wait and, you know, then go to a four-year later or do a community college route and go to a training school. There's so many, you know, paths that you can take and it doesn't have to be one way and it is okay to change your mind and it's okay to change your route. The average college student, I think, changes their major three or four times on average. So I want to destigmatize that because it, it does not, it's not going to affect as long as you're making the decisions that are right for you, then you're going to end up in the right place. I think you should talk to the company manager and on your days off, you should book motivational speeches at area high schools to let them know. I'm saying this partly in jest, but it's always better coming from someone like you, not an administrator, because you're a real person. You've done it. Honestly, I would love to. I have a passion for this, for being a mentor type person for people, for advocating for that, like, you know, your path is your own path. I would love to do it. <laughs> well, it could be your third career or your side career when you're waiting for that next that next show. Absolutely. Giselle, we're going to take a quick break just to hear from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back to talk more with you and the national tour of Waitress. <laughs> Where can you hear the best music from Off-Broadway, Broadway, and the London stage? The answer, soundsofbroadway.com, your 24-7 online Broadway music radio station. Listen to selections from well-known, popular, and more obscure musicals from the most diverse playlists anywhere. That's soundsofbroadway.com. Let's go on with the show. We're all living through an unusual time together, but each one of us is dealing with it differently. Webster Bank is here to help you move forward at whatever pace is right for you. Whether you're taking small steps or big, bold ones. Whether you're refocusing on your future, re-energizing your business, or reconnecting with everyone you love. Webster will help you take your next steps on your time. We're back. I'm speaking with Giselle Soleil Ayon who is starring as Jenna in the National Tour of Waitress. And that show will be coming to the Waterbury Palace Theater on Friday, April 22nd, and two shows on Saturday, April 23rd. Information is at the Palace website, palacetheaterct.org. How do you think it's been going so far? I mean, you mentioned that audiences are loving it. Is, is that just stop after stop? You just feel that connection with the audience? 
I would say that that is the case. Yes, this is a show. My favorite audience members are ones who have no idea what they're in for when they come in. I've gotten messages from boyfriends or fiancés or husbands who are like, I got dragged to this show and I didn't want to see it, but now I love it. And I was so happy. And you know, all of this stuff, I, I love getting those types of messages. This show touches people's hearts and that, you know, I'd love to think that was all you know, about our performances, but it's not. This show is just so, so good. The music is so good that probably just be standing and singing it and audiences would, would love it. But it's gotten such a great reaction everywhere. And that's so amazing and fun and special as an actor to be a part of a show that does get that type of reaction just from the show alone. The character Jenna that you play is a superb baker, primarily in pies. How are you at baking? Not the greatest. I um, I also, even before this show, I, I really had not tried most pies. I just never really ate pies. And now I make it a point to try as many pies as I can. And if I can find a pie shop nearby, then I, I will you know, try it. But I did attempt over our Christmas winter break. We had a three weeks and I did attempt to make some pies while I was home. And uh, I kind of cheated into the, I tried the easiest ones. So they didn't turn out so bad because they were pretty easy pies, but I definitely get really in my head about being so perfect about it. And it takes me hours because I'm so meticulous with like measuring something four times. And it's just a really long process for me because I'm so worried about getting it right. But I don't burn anything, which is nice. Did you have to learn anything about baking or about, you know, obviously you're not baking real pies in the show, but sort of to have that illusion that you know what you're doing so is there part of the direction or did you have like a pie coach before the tour started that would have been really fun i would have loved to have a pie coach no there is not too much where she is seen really making these pies a lot of it's kind of in her head when she invents these pies that are very metaphorical to explain what's going on in her life at that moment there's really only one scene where, well, there's two scenes where I'm really working with dough and there's one scene where it's actually kind of rolling it out and putting it in a pie dish. And that's kind of pretty straightforward. So it wasn't anything that I was like, okay, I know how to roll out dough and I can, you know, and I, it's just, because it's such a simple task, it's very easy to look like, you know, I've done it a million times and that it's very natural. So uh, there was, isn't too much in the show that actually requires me to know too much about baking, but I do know enough. So I think I was all set there. Have you ever been a waitress? I have never been a waitress. I've not worked in the food industry as of yet. I would love to keep it that way. <laughs> it's very hard work. So it is. it's very hard. It's very tiring. I admire all of our food industry workers. It's amazing. And we, you know, couldn't possibly survive without them. And yes, I have worked adjacent because I have worked in like catering kitchens and things like that, but not actual waitress. So you must be a great actress because you don't know how to bake pies, but you can give that illusion and you've never been a waitress, but you're playing a waitress. So I guess you have all these hidden skills that you don't even know about. You know, if we want to chalk it up to my brilliant acting skills, I will not stop you. How about if we hear a song from the show? And I think before we talked about which one and you said everything changes. Can you talk about that song and sort of the setup for it? 
Yes, Everything Changes is the song that is right before the finale of the show. It is basically her major turning point. There's two parts of the song. There's basically Everything Changes Part 1 and Everything Changes Part 2. And the first part, uh, she builds up the strength that she has been needing the, the whole show and finally steps up and makes this decision for herself not try not to say too much for for spoiler's sake and then part two is her really just being able to feel free and relish in this feeling of what she just did this amazing step that she took and it's just an overjoyed elated feeling and so in and of itself that one song is is such a journey and then you get kind of launched into into the end of the show and it's just it's a really magical and the harmonies are so tight and it's it's a beautiful it's like hooty and and like airy and it's such a great song to sing it's it's truly my favorite song to sing in the show great then let's hear everything changes from the original cast recording of waitress today's a day like any other but i'm changed i am a mother Thank you. 
was Everything Changes from the original cast recording of the musical Waitress, which will be at the Palace Theater on Friday, April 22nd and Saturday, April 23rd. I am speaking with the star of the national tour, Giselle Soleil Ayon. And you had mentioned before the one of the things you liked about the show was let's say the camaraderie with the other two waitresses. And that is a big part of the show. It's like you, the, the three of you are together and, and you're sharing different aspects of your life together over those two hours and 40 minutes. How was it working with them? And since the tour started back in October, are you the best of buddies now? We've actually had a change. One of them, we our first leg of the tour, it was one woman. And now we have uh, a different uh, Becky. And so that was really interesting just to, to experience the two different Beckys. We've had the same Dawn. And so we have just the three of us with the show and with the tour and all this stuff have been on such a journey together. We are, it's hard to spend too much time outside. Again, we're in the theater, we're traveling all the time and there's not much downtime. So we are typically in our separate rooms because we're so tired and we don't go and do anything, but they're really great. And they're, we're also supportive of each other, which is the best thing that you can ask for in cast members. And, you know, we're fixing, if a hair's out of place on stage, we're fixing it. And if, you know, somebody drops something, the other person's picking it up and, you know, all of this stuff that we're just like in, we're just like, together in the show and outside we we pretty much we keep to our corners because we don't want to you know get too tired of each other since we literally are 24 7 with us and only us but we all do get along very well and it's very nice to have girls you know just a, a group of girls that support each other do you have any members of the cast that you could say are veterans of national tours Oh, yes. Our Cal, the man who is in the kitchen, he, he's the boss at the diner. He has worked with this production company many times. I think he was on the Annie tour. I think he was on the Sound of Music tour. And he was on the Waitress tour before COVID. So he is, we call him Papa Tour, actually. <laughs> he is the one, he like, he looks out for us all the time. He is constantly just like the one that we know is going to be somebody we can always go to. So he's definitely a veteran of tours. I think the rest of us, half this tour is actually returning from the, the cast pre-COVID and the other half are, are new cast members. But he's the main one that, that is truly Papa Tour. Have you learned about in a sense, how to be on a national tour, sort of the things that you can do, things that you shouldn't be doing as far as, you know, your health and getting enough sleep and all that? Or was that something that you sort of just did naturally on your own? No, I definitely had to, to figure some things out, uh, even just essentials of what I needed to make tour uh, easier. So the first leg of tour, I did not have a humidifier for my hotel rooms. And the second leg, I was like, this, these rooms are too dry. I have to have a humidifier or even just having AirPods that ha are, have the noise cancellation feature. So it's easier to sleep on buses and planes. So there were a lot of things that I learned. I definitely came in with certain things like I'm going to have a lot of tea, ba you know, tea bags ready so that I can have tea as often as I, as I need. I'm going to pack my vitamins, things like liquid IV. I, I learned about liquid IV from other cast members and just how that helps with, with hydrating more. Delivery services have been what are really what we live on because sometimes we're in places where there is nothing walking distance, you know, so we have to get things delivered. Uh, I did not know that was going to be such a case. <laughs> 
lots, lots of learning curves on how to, on how to take care of myself. And then it's a whole nother thing though, to actually do those things, because actually in the last couple of weeks, I have fallen very much off of the self-care and the, and the healthy habits. It's hard to keep habits of any kind. It's actually easy to build bad habits and very hard to keep good ones on tour. So it's been a struggle. I haven't taken vitamins in probably a month at this point, And I really need to get back in that. <laughs> when does the tour end? June 12th is, I think, our last show, and uh, we're in New Orleans. Do you have anything lined up after the tour, or are you sort of thinking, no, right now my focus is tour. When the tour is over, then I'll worry about what comes next. No, we're all self-taping right now on tour because it is audition season, and, and we have to look forward, and things past June are being cast right now. So we are all, I did actually record a self-tape right before this. I will continue to be self-taping right after this. Giselle, I, I want to thank you for taking time out of, like I said, your busy schedule. And again, you can see Giselle at the Palace Theater on Friday, April 22nd, or Saturday the 23rd, going to the Palace Theater's website, palacetheaterct.org. I've been speaking with Giselle Soleil Ayon, who is Jenna in the National Tour of Waitress, which will be coming to the Palace Theater. You have been listening to the Palace Theater's Broadway Buzz presented by Webster Bank. The Palace Theater is located in Waterbury, Connecticut. My name is Stuart Brown, founder of the 24-7 online Broadway radio station, soundsofbroadway.com. If you are looking for nonstop Broadway music, tune into soundsofbroadway.com, playing the best from off-Broadway, Broadway, and London stage. Thank you for listening. I hope you will join me in our next podcast episode. Until then, stay safe, be well, and be informed with the Broadway buzz. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Show.